This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike him, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented by uh, DraftKings, presented by rating and reviewing the show, presented by our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I am Ross Tucker NFL, former NFL offensive lineman, fresh off that Cowboys-Eagles game last night. And yes, for those of you that watch on YouTube, I am in a hotel room. In fact, today after that game last night, and here's what we do now. We break down four or five of the best games in college football every week. We let you know at least one prospect for each team in those games. Emery Hunt, who I'll get to in a second, does the breakdown. And now we pick the game against the spread because why not? Give you guys a little bit more value, make it a little more entertaining for us. Again, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Please Engage via social media, the retweets, the likes, that stuff all matters quite a bit. He is the star of the show, though. His name is Emery Hunt. He's everywhere, all over CBS Sports HQ. He's got a great backdrop now. He loves his Raging Cajuns, which, by the way, is just an awesome nickname. I mean, it really is just an awesome, awesome nickname. He's the great Emery Hunt at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Football Game Plan is his highly popular YouTube page. And the key this year for right now is the draft guide. Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. If you want to be the only person that knows about the FCS, the D2, the NAIA, the D3, the JUCO prospects, then you got to get Emory's draft guide. Footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide. How are you, Emory? Doing fine, Ross, man. It's, you know, it's funny because, what, midway point NFL season, yet in college is week 10, but we got two new conferences that are starting to play this weekend. So, it's again, more presence, more more food keeps coming out to the table for us. Yeah, man. I did a Mountain West game last Thursday night, which was fun. Fresno State, Colorado State. Colorado State, man, their tight end, Trey McBride, is the real deal. Uh, he will be drafted high. Meanwhile, we got the Pac-12, we've got the MAC, and I love, with that being the theme, Emory, that every game you wanted to discuss was Pac-12 and MAC, which is terrific. By the way, I'll be uh, I'll be in Oxford, Ohio, Wednesday night, calling the Ball State at Miami of Ohio game for CBS Sports Network Wednesday night, seven p.m. Eastern time, and then on Saturday I'll go right to Vegas. Fresno State, again, this time at UNLV at the Death Star. So those of you that listen to this podcast and you're really into college football, you can see your boy 7 p.m. Eastern Wednesday night, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday on CBS Sports Network. Emory, we shall start 
were the juicy game. Oregon and Stanford. Oregon is 11 and a half point favorites, and they have a cornerback in Thomas Graham Jr. who has caught your eye. Yeah, he's probably one of the more polished corners in college football. You talk about sticky coverage and how he's able to, you know, play tight man coverage, able to play off. Uh, he, he shows the, the ability to bait quarterbacks into making bad throws. He's able to close quickly on the football, make plays on the ball. So there's a lot of things that he does really well. And, and I'm glad that he's playing this year because it's just more tape to see because he's put together some strong films throughout the course of his career. And, and again, when you have the athleticism, the speed, the quickness, the coverage ability, it makes you such a premier prospect. And, and again, in this game where Stanford is breaking in a new quarterback, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to make plays on the ball. So was he a guy, Emery, that was opting out or could have opted out? Yeah, he could have opted out. And, and, you know, no one would have batted an eye because that's how good of a prospect he is. I believe he's on the senior bowl watch list also. Um, so, you know, you're getting a premier prospect in this game. And one of many, you know, for, for Oregon on that defense, man, like, you, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau is a, a sophomore that we're going to talk about probably next year, you know, and he has a, a really good opportunity to, to, you know, stack some stats, so to speak, in this game because I think Little, the tackle for Stanford, has opted out. Um, so who's going to block Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a big problem for, for Stanford. Yeah, I think Stanford's corner opted out too, right? Uh, yep. Paul. Yeah, so Stanford's had a couple guys opt out. They had some transfers as well, uh, which is interesting. Uh, but that's that's good for Thomas Graham that he's getting a chance to play. I like Walker Little's game a lot. I kind of wish Me too. he was playing, but I, I understand. You know, even that Colorado State-Fresno State game I did, Emory, you know, um, Fresno, uh, Colorado State's best receiver, best player, Warren Jackson, the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year preseason, he opted out. So that certainly would have helped Colorado State. That and their second-best receiver, Dante Wright, was not able to play with contact tracing. Stanford has a linebacker, Curtis Robinson. I love the athleticism. And, you know, we talk about it this day and age of, of football, your linebackers have to be able to run and chase. And they also have to be able to cover and also have to be able to, you know, make plays that are there to be made. And I think Robinson does a really good job of that. It, it may not be flashy, but it's consistent, um, especially in coverage. I, I think he has the athleticism to cover in man. Uh, he has proficiency to to excel in zone. You know, he trusts his eyes. He doesn't get he doesn't take the cheese, so to speak. And when you have the athleticism and you have the ability to to man up one on one versus backs and really cover tight ends in the underneath area of the field and also run with them downfield if need be, it makes you a valuable linebacker. Now, whether that translates into a high draft pick, that's you know, that's yet to be determined. However, he's one of those backers that you'll see get on your team and, and you're like, man, that was a really good play. Oh, that was solid play by, by him. That, oh, he, he's doing a good job. And he he kind of reminds me a little bit of, of Jerome Baker in that regard. I like I just like the game of, of, of him and, and, you know, especially at that position where, you know, unless you're people nowadays view it as if you're not rushing the passer or not making these explosive tackles in the run game, I don't want you. But that's not the case with him because you're getting a guy that, that can be a three-down player, a valuable three-down player uh, in an era where you have to be able to cover more so probably than run stuffing, so to speak. So I do like his game. So the uh, 
Stanford is 11 and a half point underdogs, Oregon, 11 and a half point favorites. What do you think, Emery? I, listen, I'm all in on Joe Moorhead's offense, you know, and what he does to, to get everyone involved and how the QB plays a significant role in the, in the run game. He has some good ones. I'm interested to see how, if Anthony Brown, the transfer from Boston College, if he's going to get some playing time, I, I believe so, um, whether he's a starter or not. But Brown is another intriguing prospect to keep an eye on that was getting better at Oregon State. I mean, I'm sorry, at uh, Boston College before he transferred out to Oregon. Uh, so I think with, because of Moorhead's offense, because of what they bring back on offense and having probably the best secondary in college football, I'm, I'm trusting Oregon to win big in that game. Yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of with you. And those opt-outs for Stanford don't help either and a new quarterback. So I would pro- I would lay the points with St- with Oregon as well. I think Oregon will pull away in the second half from Stanford. What about our MAC game, which, by the way, they did not have a lineup. I couldn't find a lineup, um, a betting line for Ohio and Central Michigan. And Ohio, they had that same quarterback forever, Emory, in Rourke. But now they've got a new one, Armani Rodgers. Yeah, he transferred in from UNLV. And Rodgers I've been following since high school. You know, he was a, a you know much highly regarded recruit. Going to UNLV, you heard some Cam Newton comparisons uh, because of how big and, and physical he is and also what he brings to the table in a run game and with a very strong arm. Uh, but injuries and a little bit of inconsistency plagued him at UNLV, which is why I'm excited to see how he does at Ohio because, like you mentioned, Nathan Rourke was there forever. And before him, they had a really good quarterback also. So I know Frank Solick w- will get – the most out of Rodgers at that position because that position for Ohio is prominent, especially within their run game and and how they do things off of that. So Rodgers, to me, is an intriguing player, a guy that has upside, and I'm interested to see health-wise if he can play all, you know, the full slate of games that they're going to have on the schedule and how he's able to improve versus what we saw uh, at UNLV and can he find that consistency. Uh, on the other side, Central Michigan – has a wide receiver, Ja'Cory Sullivan. Probably one of the more underrated receivers in the, in the country, man. You know, he's a big physical guy. He's 6'2", about 220. Um, you know, he reminds me of those receivers that were at Old Old Dominion. You know, John Duhart and... Fogum. Yeah, and Fogum, who we see now. <laughs> when, when you have those two guys out there at, at Old Dominion, you had these big catch-and-run, you know, type... You know, receivers, both were 6'3", 215, 6'2", 215. Um, and you have that in, you know, the Central Michigan receiver and what he's able to do. And so when you're able to high point the football, track the football, uh, show the strength to be a, a strong, you know, rack guy, and, and you're productive, you know, you're the number one option in that passing game and they can't stop you, you know, and he was, I think, the MAC Offensive Player of the Year. So – no one's talking about him enough, but he's the type of guy that's going to end up like a Travis Fogum on a roster as a strong either wide receiver two or wide receiver one if, if injuries set in. But I do like the game uh, of him because of what he brings to the table. And, you know, Sullivan, to me, is just, you know, one of those guys that you appreciate the, the totality of his game as far as the route running, the catching, the physical nature. Um and everything that he that you know being a number one guy that 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 encompasses, he's a really good player and, and another one that I'm excited to watch uh, play this year. 
Right. And to your point, Emery, um, about Travis Fulgham, he's a number one man. I mean, yeah. Fulgham is a stud. In five games, he's been so consistent for the Eagles. He had six catches, 78 yards, another touchdown last night for the Eagles. And he was a walk-on Old Dominion. So there's a lot of precedent for these big body. Kenny Galladay from Northern Illinois in the MAC. He's big body. Even Deontay Johnson, not that kind of player, but a Toledo receiver. Right. These guys from these conferences, like you mentioned, there is absolutely a precedent for them to come out and uh, be very productive in the NFL. Let's get to another Pac-12 game. Arizona State is getting 10.5 points against USC. And Arizona State has a cornerback. After back-to-back years with good receivers, with Nikhil Harry and Brandon Ayuk, now they have a cornerback, Jack Jones. And if you remember, Jack Jones was also at USC. So, you know, earlier in his career, he was at USC. He played really well there, transferred to Arizona State, and continued to play well. Um, And I like his ball skills. And he's one of those guys that you uh, would call like a nuisance at the position in a good way to where he's always – in the hip pocket of a receiver, always making some type of play, always seems to be, you know, annoying the receiver. You like those type of players. You want to think Tavon Young when he was at Temple, you know, smaller guy, but was holding his own out on the outside, although he probably projects better inside at the pro level. So he has good quickness. He has good awareness. Uh, His technique is where it needs to be, in my opinion. That's why you see him out there on the outside, uh, both in press and also in off coverage. So, I think in this game, he's going to have a huge impact because he's going to be asked to cover one of those two talented wide receivers that you know USC has. But when, when you have the ability that he has and the fearlessness to be out there at 5'10 and a half, 5'11, 175 pounds and be able to hold your own, you're going to be a good player. Meanwhile, for USC, they've got running back Stephen Carr. And I'm not even going to try this one, Emery. V-A-V-A-E, Malapai, Malapi, you tell me. Malapi. Uh, Malapi, okay. Right, and they're both running backs. I know about Stephen Carr. I didn't know about Malapi. Yeah, Malapi is one of those guys that's a, a decisive runner. He doesn't waste time getting downhill. So he's one of those running backs that coaches will like. You know, it's like, hit in the hole. That, that's him. <laughs> like, just get upfield. That, that's the type of guy he is. Um, and he's consistent. You know, he's a chain mover. You know, he's not as flashy as Stephen Carr, but he's productive. And I think that productivity yields itself to him, you know, being someone that a guy can take a flyer on the seventh round, bring him in, and he plays special teams, but also situationally can carry the football. Um, Carr has really good elusiveness. I think that's not talked about enough about his game. He's a very strong receiver out of the backfield. has very good vision, above average in that regard. He's not the most explosive guy. Um, You know, so I guess you could look at, and, and, I, and I hate the term, uh, I hate the comp I'm about to use, but it's not a one-to-one comp. It's a more about, you know, traits that, that are similar. And I'm thinking of a Le'Veon Bell and how Bell is not really the fastest dude, you know, but he's shifty, he's quick, and he's able to make guys miss. He's a very good receiver. That's what I see from Carr. Carr issue has been health. He struggles to stay healthy, and he needs to do that uh, in these games that he has to really, you know, um, you know, reach his fullest potential because coming out of high school, he was a five-star guy. He was a you know highly coveted recruit and landed at USC, which was a big deal.
because everybody was after him. Um, and he showed a little bit as a freshman. And then, you know, you saw the injuries and the inconsistencies and, you know, the USC depth started to take, take effect. Uh, but you want to see him get out there and close out his his uh, career with a, a strong showing. And I think he has all of the tools to do that. So that's why I'm excited to see both those backs in this game. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like he's been there a while now. And right. when you go back to high school, you've heard about him for a long time. And he's had his flashes and he looks good in his pads. And he has, you know, you see, you see some flashes from him. Um, who do you like in this game? Arizona State's getting 10.5 points on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Yeah, this might be the best game of the weekend, you know, uh, because we've seen these two teams play before and they play well. And they got two good quarterbacks in Caden Slovis and uh, Daniels on the other side for Arizona State. Uh, so this is – and what was that line again? 11 at 10 and a half? 10 and a half. Yeah, I'm taking Arizona State in the points here. I, I think Arizona State's a, a gritty team. They're well coached. They got good quarterback play, and, and Daniels is a fearless guy. Um, and so this won't be an easy one for USC. In fact, they're playing at 9 a.m. Pacific time. That's amazing to me. Uh, but I do think Arizona State will keep this one close. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Arizona State and the points here. Right? You know, the one thing we've seen, especially with first games in college football, there have been a lot of upsets. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, there's been a lot of upsets across the board. Indiana beats Penn State, and Michigan State just beats Michigan. You're going to give me 10.5 points? I, mean, I guess I could have had the same philosophy with Stanford, but I just think Oregon's a better team. They're going to be able to pull away. But I think Arizona State – is going to be able to stay within the number here. I didn't even realize it was a 9 a.m. game. That's <laughs> crazy. Again, they're getting 10 and a half points on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. To celebrate the action this weekend, by the way, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. Think about that. You bet they cover with risk-free Sunday betting. This weekend, plenty of action getting on, so head to the app now to start making it rain. Any of these games we've been talking about, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and then use promo code ROSS when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is insuring your Sunday bet up to $100. That's right, you bet, and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code ROSS during sign-up. Limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey or PA only. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits, of course. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And that's what you do. Next, if you have a gambling problem, by the way. Um, next up, Washington State, Oregon State. Oregon State is getting three and a half points, Emery. And we'll start with talking about Oregon State linebacker Hamilcar Rashad Jr. Aggressive linebacker, man. Pressure guy, run chase guy. Uh, he's a point of attack player and one of the best linebackers in, in college football. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see his senior bowl invitation come pretty quickly. You know, and you talk about someone that blitzes with a purpose, someone that looks to hit. Coming off the edge, um, got has great closing speed to the quarterback, and you know you don't see a lot of guys have that that just innate ability to accelerate in a two to three yard range when they approach the quarterback. 
Hamilcar does a great job of doing that, and he's the best defensive player, you know, I believe in this ball game, and and should showcase that early and often against Washington State. I'm I'm excited to see him play. He's one of my favorite defenders to watch in college football. Wow, that's a that's a quite the compliment there, Emery. What about Washington State safety Philip Powell? Covering a lot of the FCS, big fan of his game because he transferred from South Dakota. And when you look at how smart he is at that position, he's always in a good play, a good position to make a play. And you know he doesn't get he doesn't get panicky back there. He doesn't quickly jump a route that's in front of him. He sits back, actually does what the job description entails, stays deeper than the deepest, and then he makes plays on the ball. He's able to be aggressive and run support. Um, he has good all around game, good fundamental football player and you know once the you know fcs season was was in flux especially in the missouri valley conference with south dakota he transferred up found a home at washington state and now he not only because he was a prospect at south dakota but not only does he get to showcase you know his ability about playing football this year he gets to answer a lot of those questions about well was it the level of competition even though the missouri valley conference is right on par uh with like the Sunbelt Conference as far as pound-for-pound pound talent across the conference, team-wise, is concerned. And he gets to play in a really good game that should help him make plays because I don't trust Oregon State's offense in the passing game. I love their run game, but their passing game to me is going to be the question mark in this one. So I, I think when people watch him play, they're going to realize how solid of a safety prospect he is, one that can hold his own as a free or even – you know, play as a as a combo guy, which means he can play free or strong. Uh, you can trust him as an alley defender. He's a really good all-around prospect uh, that not many people know about because he's coming from the FCS. Yeah, you know, I guess I have mixed emotions, you know, when guys transfer up like that. Now, this year is a different ball game because they didn't think they were going to be able to play in FCS. And you go to FBS and you're able to play. Um, so that makes sense that he gets to play this fall as opposed to not. And I totally understand when guys are now transferring up, especially as grad transfers. Um, that makes sense to me. It just, you know, part of me feels a little bit bad. You know, I'm an FCS guy, so part of me feels a little bad for the school that developed them, you know, that recruited them and developed them for three or four years, only to have them then leave for FBS. Oregon State's getting three and a half points. Emory, who do you like? I like Oregon State. I think the run game, their their running back is tremendous, man. Um, Jefferson, he's a I believe a sophomore, um, or if not a junior, and he was a tremendous freshman running back. That was some injuries last year. Uh, so this may be his junior season, but I love his game. And I think worst case scenario, they'll just lean on him and Jamar Jefferson, that's his name. They'll lean on him and, and allow him to run his, their way to victory. I think Oregon State. We'll just keep it simple in this one. First game, uh, ease your quarterback in. You know, Luton is now with the Jaguars. So I think we'll see uh, Jefferson be the story here. So I'm taking Oregon State. I'll go the other way. I'll go with Wazoo with Nick Rolovich, the new head coach there. He did a really nice job at Hawaii. And, uh, you know, especially you said it with Oregon State losing Luton. I think that really hurt. So I like I like Wazoo laying the three and a half points. So we'll go ahead to head on that one. Finally, Emery, let's get Arizona. They're getting 14 and a half points against Utah. The Utes who lost a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball. You think about Bradley and Nye and Jalen Johnson and all of the studs that Utah had. Blackman, uh, Arizona has a defensive lineman 
Trevin Mason. Point of attack player. Uh, five technique, four eye all day. You know, he's 6'5", about 290. Has great arm extension, which means he's able to hold his own right at the point, read the play, disengage, and make the tackle. So, you know, he's a technically sound defensive lineman. What I want to see from him this season, uh, albeit an abbreviated one, you want to see a little bit more explosiveness, uh, a little bit more, you know, twitchiness. But as far as playing, you know, the five or the four-eye uh, and being able to anchor down right there at the point of attack, he's good in that regard, like very good to where he's consistent. He has great eyes. He's always able to quickly diagnose, disengage, and make an attempt at the play, if not make the play. But you want to see a little bit more. You want to see more pass rushing ability coming from him, a little bit more explosiveness, twitchy, even though he may not be asked to do that in that Arizona defense. But you like the run game aspect of his of his abilities. And, um, you know, this is a really good game against Utah because we know what Utah loves to do with all, a lot of their movements, you know, the, the eye candy that everybody likes to talk about up front and sometimes just straight downhill run game. Uh, so we'll see how well he does. And this should be a good showcase game. That's why I chose it. What about Utah quarterback Jake Bentley? Transferred from South Carolina. Um, and, you know, it was an okay prospect at South Carolina. One that played some good football for the Gamecocks. So him going to Utah just, it was unique. Because you think about the quarterbacks Utah has had over the last, let's say, five years, they've been guys that can move. You know, and Bentley, you know, he, he's not, you know, he's not the most agile guy. He's not a guy you're going to consider a plus one in the run game, but he does have ability in the passing game. And I know he wants to really, you know, get back to what he was doing earlier in his South Carolina career, where people start to look at him as a as a guy that that almost how they looked at Kyle Trask. You could say some of this. You saw some of the same things from Bentley at South Carolina, but you didn't see it enough, and so maybe that's why he goes out to Utah. Maybe Utah adds a little bit more of their passing game. Uh, to the to the repertoire with Bentley. So I'm excited to see how he does, especially since he's coming off that injury. Uh, what do you think about the spread, Arizona, getting 14 and a half points? Listen, I, 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 it's hard to go against Kyle Whittingham. I know they had a lot of, you know, opt-outs and, you know, they lost a lot, especially in the secondary, like you mentioned. Um, but I trust Utah. I'm laying those points with Utah, man. I trust the use. I trust Whittingham. I think... They'll do a good job in covering that spread. I'm going the other way. 14 and a half is way too much for losing the quarterback and all the guys on defense for Utah. I don't even know much about Arizona, but they got to be able to stay with 14 and a half with all the dudes Utah lost. I'm going with Arizona getting the 14 and a half points. Check them out, please, on Twitter at FBall Game Plan, Football Game Plan on YouTube, and that terrific footballgameplan.com slash 2021 draft guide and really make sure you follow him on twitter because he's on cbs sports hq doing all kinds of big time things the great emory hunt emory thank you as always we do this every week and we'll finally have every team we'll played by the time we talk next week other than that the keg is kicked we are all tapped out Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.